The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Those Guys with Ships show, the Versecast community podcast. My name is John Abraham. I am Jimmy Croker. I'm Ace Azamine. I am Redacted. No, you're not. You're Gleep. You're Gleep. Stop it. I'm Redacted, and it's all in caps, too, so I'm shouting it. Redacted! Oh, God. What he means is Star Gleep is now Redacted, and he is the formerly known artist... Now known as Gleep. Star Gwent. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm not that doing reference. that one either. That, that, that's a Witcher reference. Hey! Pretty early in the morning to get one by you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we are those guys with ships. This is episode 34 of our community podcast, and today is June 23rd, 2945, Standard Earth Time. Mr. Ace, it is your final show. Any last words? Well, tonight's my swan song. And then uh, hopefully when I come back, it'll be a glorious transformation. Oh, and, and do we have any update on when that might be? Nope. Uh, <laughs> so Mrs. Ace chimes in from the uh, uh, peanut gallery when the game is working. So maybe never. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, um, we've certainly enjoyed having you on the show and uh, anxiously look forward to your return. But um, to see you off right, we have a very special guest this evening. Special guest. Hello, Ace. Boy, I sure heard a bunch about you. See, I was a good friend of your dad's. We were in that vandal pit of hell together over five years. Hopefully, you'll never have to experience this yourself, but when two men are in a situation like me and your dad were, for as long as we were, you take on certain responsibilities of the other. Ace, I got something for you. Show him the watch, Jonto Walken. This watch I got here was first purchased by your great-grandfather during the First Galactic War. It was bought by Private Disco Azamine on the day he set off for Terra. It was your great-grandfather's war watch, and he wore it every day he was in the war. When he had done his duty, he took the watch off, but in an old, put it in an old Jeffrey's can. And in that can, it stayed till your granddad Travis Azamine was called upon by his planet to go fight the Vandal once again. This time, they called it Galactic War Two. Your great-grandfather gave this watch to your granddad for good luck. Unfortunately, Travis' luck wasn't as good as his old man's. Travis was a star marine, and he was killed, along with the other star marines, at the Battle of Wake Orbital. 
your granddad was facing death. You knew it. So three days before the vandal took the station, your granddad asked a gunner on a transport name of Bandit Loaf, a man he had never met before in his life, to deliver to his infant son, who he'd never seen in the flesh. Now, calm down. I'm trying to finish this. He's delivering the the watch, the gold watch. Three days later, your granddad was dead. But Bandit Loaf kept his word. Ugh. After the war was over, he paid a visit to Ugh. your grandmother, delivering to you your your infant father his gold his dad's gold watch. This watch, <laughs> this watch was on your daddy's wrist when he was shot down over Terra Prime. He was captured, put in a vandal prison camp. He knew if the vandal ever saw the watch, it'd be confiscated. Taken away <laughs> the way your dad looked at it. That watch was your birthright. He'd be damned if any vandal were gonna put their scale, scaly green claws on his boy's birthright. So he did it. And he put it in the one place he knew he could hide something. His butt. Five long years, he wore this watch up his butt. Then he died of dysentery. He gave me the watch. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my butt for two years. Then, after seven years, I was sent home to my family. And now, Ace, I give the watch oh. to you. Yay! Wow. Brilliant. Thank you. Wow, I am honored. Now, now take your butt watch and go home. Oh. Wow. Um, I apologize in advance for the levels. Because, holy crap. That was an impressive send-off, John. That was difficult to maintain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was that was a man's job there, John. Oh god, my sides. (laughs) All right. Excellent. Well, um on a side note, I actually have my granddad's watch that he wore uh while he fought in World War II. Oh my god, excuse me, my, my uh, great uncle, he fought with the RAF in Eagle Squadron. Ooh. Do nice. you keep it on a little kangaroo? No. By the bed? No. Oh. I don't know what you're referencing. You sure? I'm, I'm... Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. No. No, he he actually flew with... Wait, 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 wait. You didn't get that that was Pulp Fiction reference, that I... whole thing? Okay, I'm about to get skewered, but I have never seen Pulp Fiction. I haven't either. <laughs> oh, I I don't I don't know who I'm more irritated with. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this wasn't my idea, but how long did you sit and plan that for? <laughs> it it all came together this afternoon. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even ask you if you had seen that before. Oh my god. <laughs> That was really good, given that you hadn't seen the movie. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. impressive. That is impressive. Uh, quite the send-off indeed. Okay, yes. well, that was a thing that happened. <laughs> All right, Jonto Walker. Walken Walker. Walken. <laughs> good job, sir. And speaking of those guys with ships, there's going to be a Sacramento meetup. Yay. 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 I'm, I'm not excited because I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in Sacramento. 
Oh, okay. Um, it's going to be Saturday. This coming Saturday, June twenty seventh, from seven thirty until late at the Coin Op Game Room. That's at nine oh eight K Street in lovely downtown Sacramento. Thanks again to Avi Physics for putting this event together. All NorCal Star Citizen fans are welcome. So please, you know, come check it out. Uh, meet some fellow fans of the game. Join our org as long as you're there. It's free. Yeah, and, and I think uh, uh, Avi is asking for RSVP on the forums just so he knows how many people are going to be there. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, just come out and say if you're going to be there. <laughs> Yeah, but I think if um, if you just, you know, happen to be there last minute, you know, you don't have to. It's preferred, but it's not necessary. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, um, uh, Ace, it, ha- it has been a pleasure, and uh, we look forward to your uh, speedy return. Boy, if that's what my send-off is like, I can't wait to see what the triumphal return will be like. I, well, we're, we're, we started working on it last week. <laughs> oh, man. There's I'll let, dan- I'll let you dancing guys know. girls. I will let you guys know. All right, very good. Well, I thought we'd start off, um, because we haven't had, as we mentioned in the previous show, we haven't had a whole lot of new content coming out of CIG. Um, so, um, you know, sort of in the absence of of Star Citizen content, uh, you know, obviously we are gamers, and there are other games. And uh, this last week there was a big game show. There was the E3 show. And so there have been several games uh, that were uh, shown there and, and new technologies and what have you. And so we, um, I thought we would start off with a little bit of uh, what you guys saw at E3. Um, maybe not. Uh, uh, we, in the last show, we talked a little bit about uh, the space sim uh, genre and what we saw coming up uh, in that. But um, we also play other games, too. So um, wanted to uh, talk a little bit about what you saw that, you know, is exciting you that you might uh, want to be playing while we're waiting for uh, Star Citizen to be finished. Can I just say that this year's E3 feels like the e- the E3 of nostalgia? It was like, a lot, a lot of refresh and reboot and remaster, uh, and, and yeah. a lot of games that we thought would never happen or were that yeah. disappeared yeah. or things features that we didn't expect to, to ever come to fruition that happened. I mean, we. I got, think it was a great E3. It like, was. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a lot of surprises and just really exciting stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, I I really liked. Well, there are a couple of games that I saw that really sort of uh, um, made me take notice. Uh, the uh, the Minecraft Hololens demo I thought was really extraordinary. Um, it's kind of it's it's kind of makes me sad that I've already way burnt myself out on vanilla Minecraft because there's just there's no way that I'm going to pick this up. Um, but it seems like the technology is like really really um, uh, going to be. Uh, cool for other things down uh, down the road. I mean, I can imagine this uh, being a, a tool that we will be able to use for those of us that do uh, tabletop RPG gaming, that this is the sort of thing that we're going to be able to use, this technology we'll be able to use uh, for uh, adding uh, a, oh, more, yeah. a, ri- a richer visual dimension to that sort of thing. I didn't um, even, I didn't even, that, that never, that thought never even crossed my mind. That, that would be an amazing application for tabletop gaming. Yeah. Oh man, so, definitely. Yeah, there are tons of applications for this thing that sound really cool. I was listening to the Giant Bombcast, um, and Jeff Gershman, the uh, the host for their E three stuff, um, was talking about uh, like you could have a Hololens tour at like Alcatraz or something, 
Um, and as you're walking through, like maybe you could see guards and prisoners inside the cells. Wow. Um, as you sort look of around. Like, yeah. Interesting. Um, and then at, yeah, and at E3, they actually had a Halo demo um, where... The briefing. Yeah, it would... in Well, th- they actually let um, the press uh, play it. Um, but the one that... The, the, what I heard was... Um, it boots up, and the first thing you see is a waypoint, like in Halo, a little diamond, um, and it says like how far you are away from it, and it's just floating there in the world, like. And when you move around, it's it's staying in the same location. And as they walked towards it, it was like counting down the meters. Um, so that kind of thing sounds pretty cool to me. Do you think they're going to be able to integrate it into an FPS game? Oh, definitely, th- eventually. It'll happen. Yeah. It, would be, it would be cool to actually have your your heads up display and uh, and uh, your Moby glass on uh, on something like a Hololens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Hololens will be pretty cool for that kind of stuff. I don't know if it'll be. I I feel like it'll probably be like single player experiences, like bringing yeah. up uh, enemies and stuff to shoot at in the room that you're sitting in or standing in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be like a, a like a multiplayer, or I don't think they're going to be able to do like a full Halo game in Hololens because you know the the corridors, the rooms are based on what you have Around in you. front of you. In right, your life. right, right, right. Yeah, and and the the idea is it's just projecting something inside the world. Um, um, what's us? That's what I was thinking. Like um, having your uh, your helmet HUD from Star Citizen on the hollow lens or being able to oh, yeah. look down at your arm and having it do a, a virtual version of what the Moby glass would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, those, I, I, you know, I don't think that there's any plans for that in the works with Star Citizen, but that would be a really cool concept. That would be a really cool thing to do with the hollow lens. You know, it would be a really interesting, uh, cool idea. You could do uh, VR first person combat in a building. Laser tag. Oh yeah. That would be pretty yep. cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, get your free uh, Windows update, uh, Windows 10 free upgrade thing uh, sent in, so because uh, you're going to need that. Uh, there's a bit about that that was on uh, the news that they have quietly backtrack a little bit on that about about doing that. What do you mean? Um, that there is some talk about that you can get the update, but then to get it licensed, it's going to cost something. Oh, oh, see how they that's are. That's kind of lame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Do you think that applies to people that have legitimate copies? Well, but the whole point is, if you want the license to get updates. Oh um, well, that's how Windows has always been. Right. Like you, you can install Windows Seven from a disk and not um, put in the code, and you won't get updates, but you'll have basically a full copy of Windows Seven. I guess my only problem with doing the, with this idea is that as a as a computer security person, that this really invites a lot of people to upgrade and then leaves a bunch of vulnerabilities, because people aren't going to know or aren't going to be interested in in purchasing or it's going it's it's a it's a great way to give people something and then disappoint them with the strings that are attached yeah yeah that really is pretty lame and and to not have to have not made that clear right out of the gate is if they're actually going to do that is pretty lame yeah well yeah. it was kind of bizarre right off the bat because they were saying that even pirated copies of windows 7 and 8 would be able to upgrade to 10 for free 
which doesn't make any sense. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, for Mac Virus, it does because he's a pirate. Yes. Yar. Yar. Yeah. Well, like, and I have, a, I had the, I have the little thing that popped up. It says how to get Windows 10 for free. Mm-hmm. And there's no, um, there's no mention of about how much the estimated retail full home license will be, or about not a trial, or that it's going to be a full version. And so it seems, I mean, the the little you know marketing blurb here seems a lot more wholesome and complete than what turned out to be in the legalese mm. so well the like that's never happened before oh i know right <laughs> yeah misleading uh, marketing well that's never been a thing yeah if it's not misleading it's not marketing um the other thing i saw which i really flipped my skirt um is doom the uh the new doom and it looked you know of course it's the same story told all over again but oh my omg as the kids say so brutal. Um, I mean, it was, it reminded me of the, because I played the original when it first came out, you know, and there was all the uproar that it's too violent and everything. We look at it now and it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, it's like pixels, you know, I mean, it's like, that's not real, you know, but this one, this up or this game, I think is now a, um, has that same quantum leap, uh, to it that the the first game did that it really does it can trigger that sort of id response in people and uh, be sort of um, it, we can make serial killers with this <laughs> um, yeah I mean I, it's to the point where I'm still like like when I watched it I was like yeah that's great I love it when he like rips the leg off and like smashes it into the guy's face yeah but if it was any more brutal I feel like I would be kind of uncomfortable <laughs> Yeah, it's it's right on that edge. I mean, and the chainsaw. Oh, oh my! God. Oh yeah, I love um, it. I, I can't oh wait God. to play this. <laughs> yeah, well, they've, they've always. I mean, that's the thing, though. That's that's that game's bag. I mean, they've yeah. always pushed boundaries. You know, you wouldn't. Yeah, but how far can less. they go? Like, well, what? Doom, what is Doom the next 3, iteration going to be? Doom three wasn't that bad. Doom three this, was this was big different. on. Yeah, Doom three was big on psychological horror. Um, if you bothered to collect those audio tapes. Oh my God! Those things were terrifying. Well, the the thing at the, the at the very end of the video that I saw, where your character actually dies, and that was the the rocket revenant, I think that was like ripping your limbs off right. while you mm-hmm. while you were. I mean that. I mean, I got a little queasy. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was um, it was pretty. Um, anyway, pretty uh, pretty amazing stuff. And so, um, but definitely, it got my attention. Um, our you guys, what did you see that you thought uh, looked uh, looked interesting? Halo Five for me. Mm. Halo Five definitely interests me. Um, anyone here ever play Republic Commandos? No. Yes. So, okay. So you're. I, I mentioned this to you, Jonto. I think I mentioned to you at one point. Um, the guys who did Republic Commandos and the squad system that is in Republic Commandos are working on Halo Five. And uh, one of the big things to come out of Halo 5 is that um, instead of just you by yourself, it's uh, you and three other Spartans uh, that are AI controlled. Um, And when you don't have people playing with you, as in drop-in co-op, you're giving them commands in the same way that um, 
the uh, the system that was in Republic Commandos. Like, if you get knocked down, you can have your allies revive you or take out whoever they're fighting. You can set them to flank or take positions and do certain tasks for you. Um, and, and I still stand that Republic Commandos, for as short and small as a game as it is, has the most advanced and tactical and easy-to-use um, squad command setup that I've ever played. And I still play it today. I still have it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about Halo 5. I've always been a Halo nut. So when it, I heard about this, I was like, ooh, I my two favorite things. Yeah, it's funny that it's the same team because I feel like not many games do that sort of squad commanding Rainbow thing. Six does, but Rainbow Six has always been very slow and tactical. Yeah. If you ever played Vegas or Vegas 2, it's all about like being very careful and taking your time. Um, Ghost Recon is the same way. Same with... Um, uh splinter cell although you're just one guy in splinter cell so the feeling that you can have a very arcadey but still squad tactical shooter makes me very happy yep cool uh john did you see anything that you were uh, excited about other than what we've talked about yeah so the battlefront gameplay they they pushed out uh two uh gameplay videos really impressive my uh my wife got to actually play Ooh. oh man what was her what were her impressions she loved it. She thought it was great. Um, yeah. She's really excited about it. Uh, really excited for it. Um, you know, but yeah, she's she's been like bragging to anyone that'll listen. She's like, oh yeah, no, I got to play it. <laughs> I am excited. I was a huge uh, fan of the Battlefront 1 and 2 back in college. Played a lot of that in college. Yeah, so Battlefront looks great. Halo 5, always into the Halos. Um, no Man's Sky... Like we talked about on the last show, mm-hmm. looking good. Fallout Four, of course, looks fantastic. Can't wait for that. That they um, Bethesda really ran away with the presentation. I know. After like like I after that show, like I just felt like who's gonna top this? But um, I mean Microsoft and Sony still showed some pretty cool games, um, including Sea of Thieves, which is Rare's new game. Uh, and it's a multiplayer pirate game. When was the last time we heard from Rare? I mean, they've been, been they, a long time since we've heard from them. Yeah, they've been working on Connect Sports. Oh, man. Or something. Yeah, so they haven't really been... It, it seems like they're just doing what Microsoft has been telling them to do. Um, so hopefully this is them going back to just doing what they want to do and see if these looks really fun. Um so it's it's like they the trailer starts off with a guy on an island, um, and then there's like a, a a skeleton, and he's walking, and then all of a sudden somebody walks in front of him, and it has obviously like a player name on top, and then they walk up and they get on this ship like a like a pirate tall ship, um, and they just go out into the ocean, and then they show another ship out there, and then they start just shooting cannons at each other and. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then Uncharted 4, they showed some some more gameplay for Uncharted. Oh, and, man. So pretty. Man. I'm not a Sony person, but Sony's presentation was, wow. I was yeah. impressed. They dropped Uncharted, a bunch of really big bombs. Yeah, that and, um, oh, what was the other one? There's There's the three big things with Uncharted. There was Shamoon 3, which is inside baseball, unless you know what that game is and what it represents for the Sony fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Final Fantasy VII remake, which, even if you're not a Sony person, that's kind of 
jaw-dropping. Sony has said they would never make a Final Fantasy remake of of FF7. For years, they've been saying that. Wasn't there a Tomb Raider update, too? Yes, Yes. there's a new one coming out, which interests me. Tomb Raider 2. What is it? Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rise of the Tomb Raider, yeah. That gameplay was pretty cool. But I was thinking, there's something else from Sony. I forget what the name is, but it was like a tribal girl going out and taking down a giant robotic dinosaur thing yeah there was yeah i I know what you're talking about i remember seeing the uh advertisements for it yeah Um, it looks pretty interesting it's like after it's like post-apocalyptic and like instead of humanity yeah and there's like robots replacing um by uh what do you call creatures that are not robots? Cyborg? Biological? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh... But the gameplay for that was pretty cool. The Uncharted gameplay showed uh, they were like driving down this city in a Jeep. And I don't think the Uncharted games have had vehicles before. They've um, so had this... vehicle like rail moments where yeah, it's, like, it's like on rails. Yeah, right. You're on a plane that is flying or falling apart, or a boat that is sinking or something. But never yeah. have you been able to control whatever it is you're on. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. So I'm, I'll probably have to pick up a PS4 here soon so I can play that. I... You'll, have, you'll have all the consoles before you know it. I know, <sighs> man. I you know I I want a a you know just for just for that the the uncharted games alone i would have a playstation because i think those are they are sony's answer to like tomb raider and halo mm-hmm. like great first person shooter combat but with that sort of historical mystery uh, intrigue that you get from the uh the uh tomb raider games mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's a good time i think to get into it because they're dropping the uh nathan drake collection as well is that true? The, yeah. So, so Sony is, has their... There's another big thing. Sony has their um, collections and games that they're announcing. But then, of course, Microsoft also announced that they were now they were going to support backwards compatibility for the Xbox One. Yeah. yeah. Also games. huge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I feel like if you compare this to what Xbox's promises for what the Xbox One would be at launch, it's like night and day. Yes, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, Phil Spencer. Yeah, the, absolutely. The new lead. Yeah. The new lead. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what uh, what did you see that you liked? Well, you know, I, I like to be off the beaten path. I like to be a little hipster about it. Uh, the the game that I wanted to talk about that um, might have gone uh, overlooked given all the big title releases uh, is a game called Cuphead. Have you oh, guys? Not for me, dude. What? This game looks amazing. <laughs> Cuphead? Okay, Cuphead. Just, uh, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, basically, uh, if uh, you guys have seen the old 1930s cartoons, right? The old, like, silent, like, the first ever Mickey Mouse cartoon oh, like that. I heard about Like this. Uh, Steamboat, uh, was it Steamboat Charlie Willy, or whatever? Willie. Yeah. Willie. Willy. Thank you. Thank you. Steamboat Willie. Um, so the video game is a side-scroller, and it is... It looks like a living cartoon from the 30s. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, the It's a studio, MDHR is the company that put it out. And uh, it just looks like such a cool, different, interesting game. And, and like I said, if you watch the trailer, it, it 
their artwork is just stunning. I mean, it's spot on. It looks exactly like it stepped out of a, a 1930s cartoon. Oh my god! Yeah, I I'm used to watch the... these these cartoons um, when I was a kid all the time. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's like they're they're really bizarre and like disconnected from what cartoons are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's kind of what made me like it. That is so weird looking. But yeah, it looks exactly like those cartoons. I love the I love the coming soon, the coming nineteen thirty six plus eighty years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what uh, what platform is this for, uh, Jimmy? Uh, that's a good question. I think that it's I an Xbox. Xbox. Yes, yeah, it Xbox. is an Xbox One. Yes. Oh wow! Uh, and actually, and Steam, Xbox and Steam. So it'll oh. be available for uh, PC as well. Oh, PC wow. Master cool. Race. Yay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so. I forgot to mention Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Isn't so, that like an open world Ghost Recon? Yes. It's Which totally makes no open sense world. To me. It's open world and multiplayer. Yeah, there's, you so have to have confused. objectives. I'm so it's, confused. Did you watch the trailer? No, I need to. The trailer is pretty cool. Um, so I guess. I don't really. I'm. I mean, I, it just seems like there's going to be a bunch of like jobs to do, missions um, around the entire map. Um, I, I assume there will be a story, uh, but it just looks really cool. Like the idea of an open world Ghost Recon game that's fully multiplayer. Was there any sounds... news from Star Citizen during E3 at all? Just a little. No. Just that little uh, Chris. Uh, the little short video that Chris uh, did to introduce the uh, PC. Uh... The PC segment. Oh, okay. Yeah, they showed some like uh, motion capture stuff, and I think there were there might have been a couple shots in there that we hadn't seen before of gameplay. Yeah, well, the, yeah. The, the the what you call it dreadnought was the uh, what is that dreadnought ship? The um, the retribution. Yeah, the retribution dreadnought, just amazing, and the the in uh, the uh, in engine. A battle involving the Bengal and the two new Vandal ships that we we got I the saw that. release on. I mean, it's and the the facial recognition stuff is the thing that really grabbed my eyes. Like that's if that's an NPC you're going to be talking to, that's very yeah, cool. it's incredible, yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. Oh, another another game to mention that's coming out that's uh, throwback Mirror's Edge. They're doing another Mirror's that's Edge. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, cool. Well, I guess the big big point would be is that until all this awesomeness that we see coming out uh, from CIG at some point uh, is uh, until that gets here, there is going to be lots of stuff for us, cool stuff for us to do, new new stuff to try, old some old friends to revisit, and uh, so I think um, you know a, a positive event for um, uh, for the E3. Uh, Jimmy, uh, your wife was there for uh, for the whole thing, right? Yeah, uh, my uh, wife is a. Uh, she works for CNET. She uh, hosts her own uh, daily talk show called Tomorrow Daily, and her and her co-host were there. Uh, they did an awesome virtual reality uh, walkthrough of E3. It's only about two minutes long, and um, you don't have to have like cardboard or, or a VR headset, um, but you should watch it on either your phone or a tablet, and it gives you a full virtual reality experience. They uh, used a new cutting edge. Uh, virtual reality camera to capture it and uh it's like you're there at e3 you just you have full 360 uh degree view on your phone 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's a really cool, it's just a really cool, like two, two and a half minute long uh, segment that, uh, that, you know, I thought was, it was a little mind blowing for me. I hadn't seen anything like that necessarily on my phone. Um, so, you know, it's a nice little kind of indicator of some of the things that you could do with VR that don't necessarily require, uh, you know, a headset. Hmm. Yeah, but the the event, their sense of the event that is it was successful. Well, she's a huge gamer, and she mm-hmm. said, and she's been going to E three. She uh, used to sneak in, and this is her fourteenth year of going to E three. And <laughs> uh, she said she was saying that this was one of the best E threes that she's ever been to. Good. Yeah, Good. a lot, a lot of surprises, a lot of you know, a lot of nostalgia. Um, you know, very, very well done. She was really uh, happy uh, this year. All right. Well, um, we have a community, and uh, you know, not a, like I say, not a whole lot has been going on with uh, Star Citizen, but uh, there is still stuff going on in our forums. Um, I think we should probably uh, uh, revisit the uh, Muppet Oppression poll, uh, which uh, was uh, looking to uh, force uh, particular members of our community to do things that they didn't want to do you know, <laughs> against their will. Uh-huh. Um, just, yeah. You know what? Sometimes you got to help a friend out with the cold, hard truth. Yeah. Well, there were um, the official poll results. Uh, there were 19 votes in favor of forced identity reassignment. Um, and <laughs> it sounds so dark when you say it like I that. I know, right? And, it sounds very 1984. And there were seven more votes in favor of forced identity reassignment. Um, and I there voted were... for the latter. <laughs> But, uh, you know, us Muppets, we're nothing if not great uh, compromisers. So um, uh, I, I can work with Stargleep. Stargleep will, will work. So. I'm up with that. I, I'm okay I, with Stargleep. Yeah, Stargleep works right. for me. All right. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's call it done. And uh, thank you, everybody, for, <laughs> for participating and for caring. Just we thanks all, for caring. We only tease because we care. <laughs> no, that's not the only reason, but it, it is a reason. It is a reason, yes. <laughs> did you see the uh, Muppet short from Nintendo at E3? Oh, my God. I did no. not. It was, no. it was pretty you funny. Need to, you need to see that at some point, Gleeb. I'll link you to the sh- to it after the, the episode. Uh, they so, so Nintendo did a Muppet presentation with all three heads of the Sony, or Sony Nintendo, uh, Nintendo company, as Muppet versions of themselves. Oh, I, th- my, I think my, my wife had mentioned something about that. Yeah, that they had done a presentation with, with puppets and that it was a little weird, but it was also awesome. It was, I thought it was very hilarious. bizarre and very Nintendo. Yeah. Like, All only, right. only Nintendo nice. decides, what are we going to do for E3? I know, felt puppets. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Get it done. I love All the part right. where I think it was Iwata says... Um, Fox, do a better role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or my first favorite is, is when they, they bust in on Reggie and, and he's doing push-ups on the bench. He's like, <laughs> yeah. my Muppety body As is ready. As a Muppet. <laughs> like, my Muppety body is ready. Let's do this. And I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again uh, to Mr. Avi Physics for uh, putting that poll up there. Um, it's... Um... It is much appreciated. And um, since we last recorded, we've got a couple new members. Uh, Serpico joined us, and it's spelled different than the that other guy, Serpico, that Jimmy probably is thinking I, of, but John, Serpico. John and Ace aren't. Um, and he says, Hi, guys. I've been an avid Star Citizen supporter almost from the start and immediately pledged. I now own a 325A, a freelancer, and a reclaimer. I'm really looking forward to hunting out drifting hulks in the depths of space. Scaring the shit out of myself. Oops, 
sorry, language, uh, exploring the dark corridors with a flashlight before running back to my ship screaming like a girl with some unsavory life form when some unsavory life form jumps out. I live in the UK and look forward to playing Star Citizen with you guys from the colonies. I really love your show and have been listening to it for some time. I usually, I usually listen when my wife is watching her soap operas. It stops my mind from melting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As someone so, who has played um, uh, Alien Isolation, no. No, you don't. I have played that game and that is just believe you as a ball of stress. <laughs> stress. Um and uh, Kyle joined us today and oh, his... wait can I read what Kyle wrote here? Well, I don't know, uh, John. You had a, a, a you've already had one long performance in today's show. Um, I think I can handle this. Are you are, are you up Are you up yeah, to I'm, it? I'm ready. All right, everybody, strap in. Here we go. Hey, that's best it. application that, ever. That, that's it. That's it. Really. Hey, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes one word is all you need. Brevity is the spice of life. Oh, well, Kyle. Hey, hey. back at you. All <laughs> right, so that's we're 163 members strong, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, uh, really, uh, really digging that. And uh, you know, it's a it's a slow time right now, but we're still adding uh, new folks. So uh, um, you know, keep on keep on joining. Uh, also, over on the website, we got some new members. We got Cajun Nerd, which uh, is is a great, <laughs> great name. Uh, Mr. Serpico joined us over uh, over there as well as did. I don't know, Jimmy. I think I think you should take this one. Oh, you want me to take this one? I do. Words uh, are hard. Malkavaz sixty nine. Excellent. Mad Cow, and today, today, finally, after much uh, diplomacy and uh, lobbying and uh, uh, begging, I think we got to the point of begging, didn't we, John? Yeah, unfortunately. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no. Mr. Odin Omen joined us today, and he's been a huge contributor on the Twitters for uh, a long time, and he, he is a member of the org. Uh, <clears throat> at RSI, but he um, just joined us today on the forums, and we are just tickled that he has done so. I was uh, I was chatting with uh, him and his wife on Twitter. Uh, they were talking about uh, they were they were looking into a ship upgrade to a constellation, and I was like, "Good on you!" Oh yeah, well I think doesn't he uh, his wife has a constellation, and he has a starfarer, I think, or N- I think they're upgrading to a constellation. Oh, I, f- okay. I forget I forget exactly what they have, but uh, the, yeah, the the conversation was that they were going to be upgrading too. Yeah, and they and they um they but they had ships that made sense to play together, which I thought yeah was yeah yeah nice. totally yeah it's really that's really neat. All right. Um, and we got an email um, uh, this week uh, from at the comms at versecast.org and uh, we encourage people to send their emails there uh, if you uh, if you have a question you want us to discuss on the air we uh, are would be happy to do so just uh, pop us an email to that address um, you, anything at all that you you uh, want to let us know or, or uh, just uh, have set out loud on the interwebs we'd be happy to accommodate within reason. Mike Wise says, hey guys, first off, I want to say I love the show. I just recently discovered VerseCast on Stitcher, and I've started working my way through your back catalog. I know that always makes you uneasy, John. <laughs> Why does it make John uneasy? I don't know. Because he's, he's not he's upset good. about the older episodes. <laughs> Which is understandable. It was back before I had the guidance of Gleep. 
we we uh, we had fun back in the old days. Those rough yeah. and ready old days, you know. Yeah. Winning winning the West as as it as it were. It was, it was as a new. Hmm? Go ahead. All right. <laughs> As a newcomer to the world of Star Citizen, I find the show very interesting, and it is really driving my interest in the game, which leads me to question, I am looking to become a backer to get a ship and reserve my copy of the game now, but I'm finding myself endlessly staring at the various options on the RSI website and getting quite lost. So, in your opinion, what is, the one, what is one of the more enjoyable ships to invest into? I'm looking for something I can use in Arena Commander, and I don't really want to spend a great deal of money, somewhere between 80 and 100 bucks. Just looking for a nudge in the right direction. Thanks a lot, guys. I will happily apply to the community as soon as I become a guy with a ship. LOL. Cheers. Mike from Toronto, Canada. Ace, I think, I think you should uh, be the first one to jump in on this one. Um, it depends on what you want to do. I mean, if it's just for Arena Commander... My recommendation is uh, if you're looking to keep a budget, one of the 300 series. I mean, the nice thing about the 300 series is that you pick one to do the thing that you want to do, whether that's racing or if that's purely combat, the 325A, um, or if you just want an all-rounder, the 300. Um, the Gladius is a lot of fun to fly in combat. It's a little mm-hmm. more expensive. Um, if you just want to tootle around and just get a feel for things... The uh, LN is actually a pretty decent ship. I like the Aurora LN. This is not surprising. Everybody knows I have a fondness for that little thing. I, I bought a copy for a friend of mine, and while waiting for him to claim it, played with it enough that when I gave it to him, I ended up buying a copy for myself, and I still have it. Um, and if you fit the LN with the right weapons, it can be pretty mean. So, And that's only $45 if you get the, uh, the full package. So that's my recommendation. So how much is the Gladius with the full package? Is it one hundred five? It's like one hundred five, and then the Justice ship is I think it's like ninety. Yeah, and then the so. the three hundred the three you wouldn't be able to get the the three fifty, but because uh, I think that one's a bit more. I think it's like about one hundred and fifty. Right. Uh, but any of the other ones, they're they're still fast. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, three hundred series and the three twenty fives are are plenty fast. And with now that we have wreck, you can outfit a three hundred I essentially to the most part like a three twenty five if you wanted to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you this: um, Go on, with the understanding that right now the only thing that we really have to play is Arena Commander. Uh, I would I would recommend a combat ready ship so that you can really get the most out of what is in game right now. Do you think you can really do that with the LN? I can. That, that's well, my... yeah, you can. <laughs> but I'm talking about someone that doesn't um, quite have the same level, skill level that you do. It depends upon how you play. Here's the thing. The the Aurora does not do well in open combat. You put the Aurora in an asteroid field, and you can do the sort of things that a lot of the faster ships can't because you are, you're slower, so you can maneuver around rocks better. Um, and since your guns are fixed you can use that limited maneuverability of the other ships to get your guns in sight. Now, if you want to do gunfighting in open space, then, yeah, you're going to have something either heavily armed, cough, cough, gladiator, or light and fast, like a 325 or a uh, gladius, because you have to get out of the way of those those shots. Um, now, how do you feel about, as far as, like, an all-around, something like the Avenger? 
with a little bit of cargo space and, and a little bit of kind of you get a little bit of like walking around inside the ship type feel. See, the, um, event, the Avenger, I feel like, is a great ship, but it is so underdeveloped at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And the 325, the 300 series is a perfect ship that if you wanted to CCU over to an Avenger at some point, it's uh, a great yeah, that's place a to come from. That's why I suggest the 300 series is because, number one, they are pretty well developed as far as what is available and what they can do and the sort of the modularity that already exists with those ships. And um, you can get and you can still get the interdiction uh, variant, the 325A. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get the best of both worlds and still have that kind of combat capable capable ship for Arena Commander that you can also use in the Persistent Universe. And it's not going to break your bank like a Gladiator, a Gladius, or God help you, a Super Hornet would. Yeah, yeah, it's seventy dollars for the standalone ship. Right, exactly. So, uh, I mean, the LN is for the budget conscious. Obviously, um, if you if you if you want to go real cheap, get yourself you know an ES. But those the you know the the really bottom of the barrel uh, Auroras don't do well in combat. They are no, the bottom of the, the the bottom feeder. And if if you're at that level and you're not a good pilot, outside of the first few waves of Vandal Swarm, you're not going to really have a good time. Yeah, I I would I would have to say, um, I, yeah, I'd have to say the three hundred series, I, more specifically the three twenty five, uh, uh, the three twenty five A, would be my recommendation for the first ship that you know if you're gonna get something to get into Star Citizen with, um, I, that would be what I would recommend. Yeah, it's yeah. not far off from the cost of what a standard AAA game would cost anyway. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he he had said um, that he had about a hundred dollars uh, budget wise. Um, I would I would say get the 325A package. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems like sound advice. Um, and uh, Ace, uh, you got some email sent to you this week? I got an email sent to me by one of the members, Draconis. Oh, um, nice. He was curious about um, chatting in Mumbles in Time about flying the Super Hornet, because he mm-hmm. has one apparently. So yay for him. But he commented on something that we talked about in a previous episode about it feeling really heavy, mm-hmm. um, and that it would felt like it was not terribly maneuverable. Um, so uh, yes, we can chat and mumble sometime. Come out to the Sunday meetings. He says he's going to make the Sunday meetings come hell or high water. Um, <laughs> nice. So definitely come. Um, and then yes, uh, my recommendations to you: when you get into thick com- thick of the combat, uh, throttle down to about seventy five percent speed you'll get a lot of that maneuverability back. Um, part of the problem is that if you're at, at full throttle, the thrusters on the uh, Hornet feel underpowered and they really can't steer that sort of heavy-weighted ship around unless you throttle down a little bit to the point where they're slow. you're slow enough that they can overcome your forward momentum. So there you go. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, like we said, uh, please do uh, send us your questions, your comments uh, to comms at versecast.org, and we will discuss them on the air. Uh, Jimmy, what's going on around the Interverse this week? Oh, lots of good things going around the Interverse. Uh, for starters, uh, over at uh, Twitter, uh, if you go over to our hashtag, uh, hashtag uh, TGWS, Mm-hmm. Uh, John clearly hates Jar Jar Binks. He's made that abundantly, uh, abundantly apparent. And I think that that <laughs> uh, came out uh, because Gaming Guru was watching uh, all of the Star Wars movies for the first time ever. That's not possible. 
and watching them in chronological order. I right? I like I thought that everybody on the planet has seen Star Wars or uh, unless anybody that is like 21 and older has seen at least one or two of the Star Wars movies, but apparently I don't think, not. Like there shouldn't even be an age gate. Like everyone should have <laughs> From seen birth. Star Wars. Yes. Well, my my seventeen year old niece had never seen uh, Star Wars. She stayed with us this past weekend, and we uh, showed her uh, episode four and episode five, and she's hooked. So she can't wait to come back. And you, uh, you're a bad parent if you don't. If you don't show your kid. No, no, <laughs> yes. I agree. My son. I, my I agree son, too. I started yeah. my son on Star Wars when he was three. Oh wow. Yep, and he is he is a big time fan. But no, my it was the same thing with my niece. She hadn't seen them either, and um, I think what we're going to do with her is we're going to sh- we showed her four and five, and I think we're going to go back now and do one, two, three, and, and then, then six, wh- and then six is like the big payoff. See, yeah. I, the funny thing is that I was about to ask around the room, what's your preferred order? And the order you just listed, Jimmy, is my preferred order. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Here, I'll list my preferred order: four, five, six. Oh, I got the joke. That's sad. You know what? I I watched one for the first time. I saw one in the theaters, um, and I was so dismayed with that movie that I never saw it again. And I've I've always just skipped it, never watched it. And recently I sat down, now that we've got the digital, now that it's available digitally, and I watched it, and I was as angry as... And irritated with that movie as I was the first time I saw it. <laughs> really? I feel it's like just, episode one holds up pretty well these days. What I are think it's I, I you know what it is, is it's it's a the thing that frustrates me about episode one is that it is a cartoon for five year olds. Period. There's yeah. nothing in it for adults. I like There's the ballet no at the end though. The, the fight the ballet scene, the, at the end, I like that description. Yeah. The the fight scenes are, are are cool, you know, but generally speaking, it's it's I think that that movie is a travesty. Keep in mind, Lucas originally wrote the movies for kids. I mean, four. I mean, granted, five and six are a lot more adult. Um, five especially so. But I mean, episode four is still pretty childlike. I mean, you know, the good guy wears white, the bad guy wears black. They blow up the giant space station, and there's a medal ceremony at the end. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I don't well, those disagree. Are tropes. That's not, uh, yeah, that's not I, content. Yeah, it, but there's a there's a there's a darkness. The the other thing too is, and I think that one thing that's really lost on a lot of um, a lot of younger people is that Star Wars: A New Hope had no no one had ever seen anything like, when it came out. No one had ever seen anything like that. Um, I was six years old when I saw it in the theaters, and it's one of the earliest memories I have as a child. I still remember mm-hmm. going into the theater with the cardboard cutouts. I remember the cantina scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's just it was something that had never been done before. And I think that that's one of the things that lends um, a certain amount of endearment to that particular movie. Um, I think story-wise, acting-wise, directing-wise, I think that Empire Strikes Strikes Back is probably the best Star Wars movie across all six of them. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just, you know, for me, A New Hope holds, holds a certain amount of nostalgia that um, that unless you were, like, there when it happened, it's, it's hard to um, explain. Because when you grow up with that stuff, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Well, because there, was, there wasn't there... There was another movie that came out in 1977... That was also uh, a sci-fi film. It was like like Cannonball Cannonball Run, I think is the name of it. That's that is more... not a sci-fi film. 
what was it? There was there was a movie that came out in that same year. That's that a is... movie with um, what is it? Uh, um, Burt Reynolds. Oh, I'm thinking and, of and S- Sammy Davis Jr. I'm thinking of something <laughs> else. There was a movie that came out the same year that was a sci-fi film. Um, but oh, is that Italian film? Uh, the Galaxy something or other. Yeah, yeah. is that same yeah. in that in the original? So the the more standard sci-fi movie for that era sort of white glossed and right everything's polished and clean and right and yeah. lots of bikinis more yeah, bikinis yeah, than yeah. than job ja, than ja. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway um but yeah and then uh, iron man posted a couple of great uh high she uh videos on how the age of ultron should have ended which i thought were incredibly hilarious uh and then what happened with arc john did it sink Yes. There server, were like server problems. I, I saw that in the in the hashtag. It was like people were like like there was a big problem with the server, right? Yeah. Um it's it's on their end. Um so there were issues it's partly my fault. It's it's largely my fault. I really? I tried to update the server the way Vendus showed me. Oh wow. And it didn't work. Uh-oh. Um, so it set us back a few days. Um, Ouch. Get a, get a rope. Yeah, I'm never going to touch that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if I do, I'm going to like sign a waiver that says, if I push this button and it doesn't work, then it's your fault, Vendis. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, it, it's it's up and running now. We I think people probably lost uh, at least some levels on their character, um, and I, 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 I actually haven't logged in yet, so I'm not sure if he wiped the the world. I I feel like he said he was gonna try to save it, um, and <laughs> we I was talking to him last night, and he was telling me that he is building an admin fort just using like automatic spawn materials and stuff because he 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 feel like and and it's justified he feels like that he spent so much time getting the server up that he it he owes it to himself and i completely agree he spent so much time trying to get the server up and running um and working perfectly for us like and he won't take anything in return so it's like i, I just hope that people appreciate that he is spending this much time and he's even like setting up a some kind of portal or something that allows us to like switch out what game is running on the server in case we wanted to play something else that night. Oh, um, wow. Nice. Wow. That's, yeah, that's serious he's work. He's setting up infrastructure for us? Yes. So, it's so John, insane. don't break it again. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other things around Twitter. Uh, Leonard Nimoy's son, Adam, is uh, doing a Kickstarter to help fund a film called For the Love of Spock. Uh, that is at Love of Spock. Uh, I would say go check that out. Um, it's obviously a labor of love. Uh, he's doing the project regardless of whether they hit the Kickstarter funding or not. And uh, the movie is going to focus predominantly, not necessarily about Leonard Nimoy's life, but really more about the character Spock um, and, and you know, the, the legacy that, that that character is left behind. And there'll be some, uh, some of Leonard's, Leonard's story, uh, some, of some, some representation of his other work 
Um, but it looks like a, a very heartfelt project, and um, I would say go check it out. And then if you go into the hash, the Star Citizen hashtag, uh, and scroll down to at uh, Super Mac Brothers, you will find a picture that they obviously pulled out of Around the Verse for the F8 Heavy Fighter. And a mm-hmm. uh, nice, clean image gives you a good, solid look at what the Heavy Fighter looks like. Uh, Ace, what do you think of the Heavy Fighter? I like the design. I'm not a big fan of the cockpit. It, it looks like something out of Elite Dangerous, sort of boxy and, and uh, uh, it's got great visibility, but it, it doesn't feel very fighter-ish. It feels like a, like a, a heavy pickup truck. Mm, um, it is, however, impressively armed. I mean, holy cow! Have you seen the amount of guns and missiles on? Yeah, that yeah, it's kind of crazy. I had um, I, I kind of completely spaced out on the whole heavy fighter part on the last show, and we were talking a little bit about the F eight and trying to figure out, you know, what its advantages are going to be. Is this this is kind of the standard issue military fighter for the UEE, right? This is actually the next generation. If oh, if the, okay, that's um, it. All right. If the F-7A is an F-18, then technology-wise, the, uh, um, the F-8 is an F-22. Ah, okay. So, so, so there you go. We were when we were talking about this in the last episode. So it's probably going to handle pretty much like uh, an F-7. Only probably a little bit, hopefully a little bit more powerful, a little bit more maneuverable, and certainly heavily armed and armored. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. And then, um, yeah, if you go head over to uh, the uh, official RSI forums, the uh, you know your personal collection and your favorite ship by McQuacken is up there. And I always like to point these threads out because you know people melt ships, Cleep, uh, and uh, you know things <laughs> change in in hangars, and uh, you know people have different ships every every few months and. So I was kind of curious, uh, just uh, just a quick pitch, because I know we're running long on time, but uh, John Ace Gleep, what are you flying right now? Um, I My fa- my kind of go-to ship right now is my Gladius. My Gladys. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way at the moment, until they fix what's going on with the uh, um, Super Hornet, until they fix the sort of heavy sluggishness. I'm flying a lot of the either the Gladius or my Aurora. Nice. Mm. John, are you are you asking what we have in our hangar or what? No, no, uh, just what what your go to is right now is fine. Yeah, the gla- the gladius. My, my go to is, and always will be for dogfighting is the Super Hornet. That's all I have, and that's all I will ever have <laughs> until I can update to the F eight because that thing looks really sick. <laughs> cool. I've been, uh, I've, I, I've, I have been, and continue to predominantly fly my Hornet. Um, my uh, ghost, to be specific. Um, but lately, I've been um, spending more and more time in my Cutlass, in my Black, trying to um, bring that up to a little bit more of a combat viability. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of which, um, Fable Junkyard actually set up a sort of uh, preview for our hangar page. Oh, um, cool. And he, he, he sort of just added up all of the ships um, and and put a number by an image for each one um, on a separate page on the site that you can find through the fleet bread. Uh, actually, I think the, the, the URL is versecast.org slash alpha hanger. Um, and the most popular ship in the verse cast hanger is 
and this is just based on who's posted in the fleet bread forum is the super hornet hmm. Hmm. well yeah it's the win button <laughs> yeah right now so um i was kind of surprised to see that i thought it would be an aurora or something like a mustang or something like that hmm yeah i figured yeah. it would be a gladius maybe yeah the gladius i think is second i think the super hornet was 15 and the gladius was 14 wow neck and neck and then i think the or- orions were like 14 also <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well that's just crazy and then, right. um, yeah, and I know I know we're running a little bit long, so I'm going to wrap this up. But uh, from uh, from Versecast, uh, there's a really cool thread. Uh, it's called uh, "Attention Space Space Coach Drivers uh, Genesis Starliner Concept Sale Next Friday." Uh, it's posted by Mac Virus, and uh, it's just basically a conversation about the Starliner. Uh, you know, who's interested, who's not interested. I think at 400 bucks, personally, I don't think it's going to be a huge seller, but there's definitely going to be a niche market out there for it. Well, it'll it really depend on on uh, what sort of uh, flexibility it has. I mean, if they if they uh, promote it as a space bus, which can also be used as a troop transport or a prison trans prisoner transport or um, you know other things that we uh, were discussing in the last show, then uh, they may it may actually sell better than than we think. Yeah, yeah there's gotta possible. be something that we're not thinking of, or that they're gonna do that that we aren't gonna expect. Because yeah, four hundred dollars yeah. is is a lot, and yeah, for a bus, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean the uh, the Orion was three fifty. Um, so I I feel like at that price, there's gonna be I I don't I don't know. They they gotta pull something out of the bag. I feel like yeah, totally. Well, and Ben says he's excited about it, excited to share with us um, all the things that it can do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right. we'll, have, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. So, and then um, last but certainly not least, um, I am a big fan of if I'm really, really into a game, I like to learn as much of the lore as possible. But you guys know it's tough to kind of read everything. There mm-hmm. is a there is a podcast out there that uh, in in the Landlore forum. Um, it's a lore-based podcast and short stories, and it's uh, posted by Gaming Guru. Uh, Gaming Guru, thank you, because I absolutely love this. Um, it's a podcast called Star Citizen Short Stories uh, by a narrator named Jasper Brownrig, which is a great name. <laughs> that is a great name. <laughs> and basically what he's doing is um, he's got them broken up into segments that run anywhere between 6 minutes to 25 minutes. And he's basically reading through all of the uh, lore and he's doing it like a book to tape where he's actually acting out parts um, and he does it very well. Um, I just finished listening to Cassandra's Tears, which was really cool. It was a 10 part series. Um, And then the next one's going to be Tales of Kid Crimson. But um, it's it's an active uh, podcast. Uh, Most recently, he's been doing the uh, Orbital Supermax series. And uh, I recommend it to anybody. I mean, I, I list, like I said, I've only gotten through the one story, uh, Cassandra's Tears, but very well done um, and very underrated. There's no reviews on here for him, um, and it's just really cool. I, I really can't stress enough. If you're into lore uh, for Star Citizen, go check this out. Yeah, I've I've seen this on iTunes for a while. He's been doing it for at least a year. Um, so I, and, and like you said, there aren't even any reviews on iTunes, which I don't understand because I've heard people mention it before. So 
Um, I think if you enjoy it, you should definitely go leave yeah. them a review and maybe tell them that Versecast sent you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Tell them Versecast sent you. Perfect. Um, but as always, uh, links to all this stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, go check it out. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, community events. What have, what have we been up to, guys? Uh, we, uh, we canceled uh, Aces Flight Academy, so there was nothing uh, going on Thursday night. So and it was, uh, I did pop out to see if anyone would, uh, would show up. Um, and <clears throat> there weren't many people there, and even the dinosaurs were broken. So it was like uh, Thursday was kind of a night off for everyone. Um, and then last night, it was, uh, it was Father's Day, so we, we neglected to mention that, or I neglected to mention that on last week's show. So we didn't, uh, usually on holidays like that, we don't schedule anything formal just because folks are with their families or, or whatnot. But um, it looked like there were uh, some guys out playing uh, Planetside. Um, John, uh, you and Ace were out uh, uh, doing that? We had quite a time yesterday. Oh, man. Good. Tell so, us. yeah, Ace, uh, tell him what we did. Uh, I was going to let you, but okay. Um, uh, so we uh, ended up deciding to join a large platoon, which is like a, a large company of people. And um, basically, I set up a Valkyrie and said... Uh, contacted the platoon leader and was like, okay, so I have a group of five or six people and we just want to fly close air support cover for you. And the platoon leader was like, sure, that's fine. And so they gave us our own squad, which was all pretty much primarily TGWS members. And we just flew air support and cover and cleaned up while doing it. Um, and, nice. and they uh, absolutely loved us. Because uh, we were we just were dedicated combat air support fighting uh, gunnery against tanks, vehicles, air, aircraft, and um, ground troops, and we had uh, the the largest amount of people on board a Valkyrie I've ever had. All five, all all six slots were filled. Oh, um, nice! At one point, with all engineers taking so much fire, I couldn't see out the canopy, but we were still flying just fine. Um, <laughs> But um, and then at the end, when the platoon finally broke up, when the alert finished, um, I put out some feelers and said, hey, we're part of, you know, they, they were really impressed that we were all, you know, we were out doing that for them. And I said, you know, you, you know, who are you guys? I said, well, we're TGWS. We're actually a Star Citizen related outfit. And um, we're doing this as our preparation for the, for the first person module. Uh, and that got a huge bump of enthusiasm from the people in the platoon. As some people were like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll check that out. I, I'm a fan of the the Star Citizen stuff. I'll take a look at your your guys's website and check out your your mumble page and stuff." So, oh, excellent. did a little bit of yeah, ad hoc nice. recruiting. Excellent. Very nice. Yeah. Right. So a squad in Planetside is twelve players, and there can be four squads in a platoon. And this outfit, I think, had like Two three. Platoons. Two? Two, two, full, two full platoons, all of them, both of which had full squads. Yeah. So it was it was quite the operation, um, and it was fun having our own squad. I think we started with five TGWS, and then, like, six other random people joined on us. Yeah, um, and at one point we had us and our, and our dedicated Valkyrie, and then at least two or three people flying air support in um, the Mosquito, which is yeah. the uh, air unit for the... Uh, TR side, so we had mm -hmm. a full air wing in our group. Wow, very nice. nice, very nice. Well, it sounds like you guys had a good time. Yeah, it's definitely like that is the way to play Planet Side when you have a full platoon 
um, with organization and the different squads can be doing different things. Um, it just felt like we were constantly progressing instead of just trying to take a point and then getting overpopulated and then getting wrecked. But well, we had the we had enough people that you could have one platoon or a group take a base and then hold it and defend it while the next platoon leapt forward and assaulted the next base in front yeah um, and just leapfrog back and forth in front of each other yeah and it was great seeing uh captured by those guys with ships um on the territory because anybody that mouses over that is going to see that yep we're famous yeah oh definitely cool and I, I think there's been some uh, talk in the forums, too, about uh, getting ready, as you were saying, getting ready for the FPS module and what's the best game to do that and how we want to organize that. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on, on that we want to share today or we want to save that for another show? So, uh, since it's my last show, I'm going to put in my bid for Planetside before I get silenced forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was suggesting as well. Um, I don't know. You guys are really selling me on the air support thing. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually starting to maybe get a hankering for wanting to install it well so here's the thing about planet side if you if we're on and, and you want to do some air cover we can do that but the nice thing about planet side is if we're not there or if we don't feel like it you just don't pull a valkyrie we'll do some ground pounding that's the nice thing about it is that you can do both right, right um right. and you can do as you like and if we decide to do especially if we have a bunch of tg tgws members out there um you will end up having scenarios where you'll be doing both well we'll be doing some close air support and dog fighting and then moments where we're taking bases where valkyries or galaxies or, or sunders are driving in dropping people off and you're by necessity of what the game requires you're doing some of that first person shooter combat excellent very cool very cool yeah indeed. so i in the um that thread about uh, doing some FPS combat training. I did suggest Planetside 2 just because it is free, um, and I, I think it'll be a decent representation of the tactics we'll have to use in uh, Star Marine. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it really is pretty much the only option as far as sci-fi goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other um, games would be good like Insurgency or Arma, but they're all expensive. They cost mm -hmm. money. So. Well, and Planetside has the VR training, yep. which uh, could be pretty useful. Um, but along those same lines, uh, Yellow Stag wants to set up a TGWS Planetside 2 get-together. Um, and I think uh, that's going to be scheduled for July 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern, which would be 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, if... Uh, you know, even if you haven't played Planet Side, it'll be fun to just jump in and shoot some stuff. Uh, so yeah, come out and play with us. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, um, guys, I think that about wraps it up. Um, Ace, again, it, thank you, uh, thank you very much for all that you've done for us, um, um, both in and outside, uh, inside and in. And outside the, the, the show, um, we do hope to get you back uh, sooner than later. But, of course, you're still going to be gaming with us when when you're available. Yep. It's just it's just going to be a little bit later, right? Yep. Yeah, no, okay. for the people who are on later, for uh, Wukitui, uh, who are, are mm -hmm. Ireland and UK and uh, certainly Korean members, mm -hmm. our people stationed in the Koreas, um, come find me. I'll be on late nights. Uh, just hang out and mumble. 
since my work starts at 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 noon i'll probably be up past one o'clock on some nights okay cool well, uh, please, please do accept our um, our token of gold watch. I would wash it before wearing it. Um, thoroughly. But, yeah, thoroughly. Um, and uh, hurry back. I will. All right, fantastic. So um, who's got a, a, a cheesy engine joke? Okay, since this is my last episode. Yes. If someone wanted to make a community for Planetside 2... <laughs> if, you nice to, if you wanted to make a community if you wanted to form something to build an outfit so that you could all come together and discuss tactics and gameplay balancing issues and whatever you wanted to do and you weren't on reddit where would you go hmm. i would go to engine.com because i can confirm that it's possible to make a planet side 2 website because i used to be part of one. Oh, really yes oh well there you go Excellent. Go to Engine.com. They power our website. They can power yours, too. Hey. Engine.com. Bleep. I'm sorry. Spelling test time. How do you spell engine? I, I, I don't know, John Walk, and How do you spell engine? E-N-J-I-N dot <laughs> com. <laughs> That never gets old. It'll no, never get not old. really. Never. All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and Ronald Jenkins. Thank you, sir. www.ronaldjenkins.com. Um, support Star Gleep. <laughs> I, I need the help. Tweet me at House Gleep. Email me at gleep at versecast.org. Jimmy, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me over at Twitter, at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can find me over at the official RSI site, uh, the Versecast.org site, and Steam under my handle, which is Jackson, J-A-X-S-U-N, and email me at uh, Jimmy at Versecast.org. You can find me at the only Jonto. That's like Tonto, only with a J. Mmm, space kimosabi. You can find me email at john at versecast.org and you can find me at since i did get an email that we shared on the, on the episode you can find me at aceazamine87 at gmail.com i am delandau87 d-i-l-a-n-d-a-u-87 on steam and my rsi handle and name is um x-wing jockey and uh aceazamine so come find me there too Remember to email the show at comms at versecast.org. Please join our Steam community, which is like 80 members strong now. Yay. Um, whoop, whoop. So that's a steamcommunity.com slash groups slash versecast. Or just search for those guys with ships. Uh, follow us on Twitter at versecast. Make sure to use the hashtag TGWS and search for the hashtag TGWS so that you can find those tweets and uh, tweet out so that we can find those and read them on the show and all those guys with ships can find them. Uh, join us at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. We need your help to conquer yes. the verse. Agreed. <laughs> and uh. you don't want to plug the website? No, I was just stretching. Oh, okay. Uh, come to versecast.org. We got forums. We got Mumble Server. Usually somebody playing something. There's people playing Ark right now, which is the new hotness. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, drop by. Um, all the cool kids are joining, including the All Father himself, Odin. Yay! Um, <laughs> uh, review us on iTunes. Just search for Versecast. We would love to have a review from you. Um, we need. We, we probably. I think we're due for like a negative review by now because they've all been positive. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why no, would you no. say that? Yeah. Why would you? Well, that that's, is that's inviting just a, disaster. We need to mix that's, it up a little bit. That's that's like saying, "Hey, throw a brick through my window." That yeah, would but, be but dumb. No, it's more organic this way. <laughs> oh, oh, that I way, see. when people come look at it, they're like, "How could this be so good?" They're all like, "They're planted. It's an inside job." Technically, but if by asking s- for a, a a negative review, aren't you planting one? Yes, exactly. Okay, mm. give us an honest review. If it happens to be negative, that's fine. Okay, it is. It is fine. And I, not, I not really, really, it's not fine. Don't I would. I would pay to know who Archness is because that guy gave us a positive review with two stars and like <laughs> he is never going to reveal it to us like who he is. It's probably Yellowstack and he's just not telling us. <laughs> I that this was back in the days before Jimmy. I know. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a long I think it was the yeah. second review. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Jimmy? No, mm-hmm. not me. Not you. Okay. I, I I actually wanted to put a review in right around the time I joined the podcast and realized that that would be bad form. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, I love this podcast. I just happen to be one of the co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is certainly nepotism at its finest. Oh, um, well. I will say that for the record, um, Jimmy just asked the internet to throw a brick through his window on air. So that no, 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 no. I was I was uh, referencing Gleep. Who had suggested someone do that? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> History man. Yeah. Ever moving moving forward. That never was a callback. Yep. That was a big callback. Yeah. All right. And speaking of callbacks, Sacramento area meetup. This guys, it's gonna be this coming Saturday, the twenty seventh of June, from seven thirty until late at the Coin Op Game Room. That's at nine oh eight K Street in downtown Sacramento. Um, thanks to Abby Physics for putting this event together. Anyone is welcome. Any star citizen enthusiast, uh, whether you're a guy with ships or not, um, NorCal, SoCal, uh, even even guys from Oregon are welcome. So uh, please do uh, do show up. Uh, it will be uh, interesting to uh, to uh, put some faces to some of the names and uh, you know celebrate the game together over a beverage, a cool beverage, preferably with alcohol in it. No, that might drink happen. responsibly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Don't drink and fly. All right, gentlemen. Well, then, until next time, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. We will see you in the next one. Take your gold watch and go home. I'm going. I'm going. Jesus. Jesus.